Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage. Today is the 10th of March, 2022. Thanks a lot for joining me today. Hope you're all doing well out there, staying sane in these very insane times. It's been a while. Feels good to be back. A lot of things to talk about today. Of course, the big news is what's happening in the Ukraine. Is it Ukraine or the Ukraine? I think it's just Ukraine. And of course, COVID has disappeared. So now we're just going to talk about Ukraine. And uh, yeah, COVID is a non-issue. It's no longer a threat. A lot of states have uh, taken away their, uh, whatever it's called, their mandates and stuff. You don't have to wear a mask in Nevada anymore. Um, But you still see employees of these big companies wearing them, like in Starbucks and whatever, these big chain stores. So I guess guess they're still forced to wear them, which kind of sucks for them. But uh, what can you do? Or maybe it's just their choice. A lot of people are so used to doing it and so brainwashed into thinking that they got to do it that uh, maybe they'll never take them off. Wear them to bed and in the shower and all that stuff. Boosted, double boosted, triple boosted, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. But now the big news is the Ukraine. So, um, man, there's a lot going on. A lot of talk about possible World War III scenarios. Gas is going crazy. The price of food is going crazy. And this is all going back to what's happening in the Ukraine, or at least that's what they're trying to blame it on. They're using Russia as a scapegoat. Uh, and they're just blaming all of these these economic repercussions from you know the, the decisions of our politicians in the last couple of years, all this printing of money, this quantitative easing that is... Um, just kicking the can down the road trying to prolong this uh the coming economic collapse trying to make it not happen and and pushing it off to the side but eventually something's going to happen i think we're we're starting to see that and we're using or they're using the media and the politicians and whatnot the actors who all work for them they're all the cia they're all part of the same gang they're using this ukraine crisis as a scapegoat for their own poor decision-making. Oh, but is it poor decision-making, or is it all part of a plan, and they want us to go down this road? I don't know. The more you look into it, the more I think it's the latter. Uh, so, Russia invades Ukraine, and the media is trying to make it seem like Putin is just this madman, and he's trying to reclaim the former Soviet empire, and uh, he's just off his rocker, and, and none of these things are logical moves. He's just uh, an evil person. It's the same type of way that they tried to demonize Saddam Hussein or Gaddafi or, you know, Iran and, and just whatever. This is just what they do. It's the classic tactics that the media uses where they play upon your emotions. They just say that this guy is bad, so we need to stop him. And that's that's enough for most people to... Um, to be whipped into a frenzy and to support whatever they're told to support. And you you saw it the past two years with the COVID thing, like stay home, stay, save lives. And even if it just saves one life, it's worth it. And now you have these same people who've switched gears and are now calling for war with Russia. It's, it's amazing to see this happening in real time, um, how quickly the public can have their perception changed and their focus shifted to a new event. It's just, uh, they really have it down to a science. And with 
this um this network of communication that we have in place with the internet with information being able to be like transferred across the world in real time and propaganda and just it's this system that they have in place to spread this bullshit around it's it's amazing you literally can overnight change everyone's mind and shift to a new topic like they did with COVID, like COVID's out the window. Now it's all about Ukraine. So Russia invaded the Ukraine and they they warned the West that they would do this if Ukraine decided that they wanted to, to join NATO. And they've said this for years, for decades. And the West knows about this. Joe Biden knows about this. All the people in the government know about this. And if they don't, they're just idiots. But it's clearly stated throughout the years that Russia does not want the Ukraine in NATO. And NATO is this alliance of countries that basically are just all down for each other. If one goes to war, we all back them up and shit. And it has to do with trade and all these other things. But uh, it's an alliance that Russia is not a part of. And a lot of Russia's enemies are a part of. So they don't want Ukraine, which is right next to them, right on their border, to be a part of NATO, because that means that Russia is going to have all these bases there, these American bases, with nuclear bombs right on the doorstep of Russia. Now you could get into the conversation of whether or not nuclear bombs are real. A lot of people are on that type of thing lately. But I'm not going to get into that either way. Um, having a bunch of American bases and like your enemies set up right at your doorstep, that's not good. It's just, you know, it's completely logical for Russia to be against that. And they've said it for years that if Russia ever decided to join NATO, they would take military action. They would invade Russia, take or invade Ukraine and take it over. And that would be that. And that's exactly what they did. So what we're seeing here is the West using this guy, this Zelensky guy who is running Ukraine, this comedian actor named Zelensky. And I'll get more into him later. Uh, they're they're controlling him and they're using him to provoke Russia. They're poking the bear, so to speak. And the reason why they're doing this is because they have to make Russia look like a bad guy. They need somebody to blame. And, you know, at the end of the day, too, I think that Russia is all part of this this big chess game that they're playing to to bring in this this new one world government type of thing. I think the creation of the Soviet Union way back when, the Bolshevik Revolution, all that shit was all part of this plan. And it's all just a grand chessboard, and we're just the pawns in it. And these guys are all just actors. They're all working together at the end of the day. Um, but that doesn't mean that these types of conflicts won't arise. But I think they're all leading to to the, the same ultimate goal, which is that, you know, the one world government, the new world order... Um, just this totalitarian world government and the reduction of population in, in massive numbers and the, the lowering of the quality of life for people, especially in the West, because we've been living too good for too long and uh, they don't like that. They, they want us to, to have a lower standard of living and um, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and we all die. <laughs> like basically in a nutshell, that's what's happening. And I think this Ukraine crisis is um, a pre-planned part of that. And, uh, you know, I've seen these memes, too, about the Super Bowl. 
and the colors of the LA Rams are the colors of the Ukraine flag. And it was kind of like a predictive programming type of ritual and stuff. And I wouldn't put it past them. They do this type of stuff all the time. So who knows? But basically, I guess what I'm getting at in a long roundabout way is that Ukraine provoked Russia into attacking them. But the West and all this propaganda we're having, the the Ukraine is definitely winning the propaganda war because they have the Western media and the politicians all on their side and we just demonize Russia for any move they make. Not saying that it's good to invade another country and kill people. I mean, it's fucked up either way you slice it. But it wasn't unprovoked. Uh, Like I said, Russia said they would invade the Ukraine if Ukraine ever tried to join NATO. Ukraine went and did it anyway. And Russia did what they said they were going to do. And leading up to this, you had the media saying that Russia was preparing hundreds of thousands of troops on the border of Ukraine and that they were preparing for a military operation. But, you know, I've heard from somebody who's in Ukraine, who I've been following pretty closely lately, and I'll leave a link to his his YouTube channel. It's pretty interesting. I forget his name. It's Gonzalez or something. Um He says that it was actually the opposite, that Ukraine was preparing their forces on the border looking like that, like they were going to do something. So you never, you never know what to believe. And if the media is saying it, it's probably a lie. It's probably propaganda that's meant to manipulate you in some way. And, um, so Ukraine joins NATO, or at least they're acting like they're going to do it anyway. This provokes Russia to invade them. And they took over the country, like, in the blink of an eye. I mean, it was probably the most successful military campaign in world history. Like, and they did it pretty humanely, you know, with, in, I mean, as humanely as it can be done. You know, they didn't go through and level every town, which they could have done. Russia is one of the most powerful militaries in the world, like, second or third, probably, next to America and China. Um... So they could have demolished Ukraine like in the blink of an eye. No problem, dude. And they could have killed everyone. But they didn't do that because, for one, you know, they would destroy everything. They'd have to rebuild it. It would cost a lot of money. And Ukraine probably has not a lot of nice shit that they want to take. So why would you destroy it? And it would be messy and everyone would get mad. So they did it in as humane of a way possible uh, that they could possibly do it. Like, the people in Ukraine still had electricity and internet and stuff. Like, that's kind of crazy when you think about how the West is trying to portray Putin and Russia in general, that they're just some fucking warlord that's hell-bent on murdering people and stuff like that. Like, it's not like that at all. They did a very—it was a tactical mission. They took over the country in, like, a couple days— And that's that. And they did it pretty humanely. Like, yeah, there's a lot of refugees and stuff because who wants to live in a war zone? Fucking sucks. Uh, But like I said, they still had internet. They still had, like, electricity. If you really wanted to fuck over a country and and really make them suffer, you would that would be the first thing you'd do, and it would be super easy to destroy that infrastructure that um, the internet and electricity rides on. Like, that's, that's hella easy. It was a lot more humane than when uh, America attacked Iraq and went in there and just started bombing Baghdad and Fallujah and using these crazy weapons that are still causing people to have birth defects in that part of the world, fucking arms growing out of their forehead and just this terrible stuff. So it's it really is rich to see 
these Western countries who have just murdered indiscriminately across the Middle East for the past 20 years try to lecture Russia on uh, war crimes. It's like fucking wow. It's just amazing. But people are so fucking stupid. And uh, you saw it all through the past couple years and before that. But the past couple years has just been way more apparent with the COVID thing. And then you had the Black Lives Matter thing. And people are just so dumb. They just they just latch on to any movement. And they just go with it. Not everyone, but a lot of people. And it's it's this virtue signaling. It's very pathetic. It's very feminine. Not saying there's anything wrong with the feminine, but... It's emotion driven. It's not logical. It's it's just all bullshit. And um that's the way a lot of people have been trained to react to things. And I think a lot of it is conformist behavior. It's trying to fit in. And um I guess what I'm trying to get at is it's just all bullshit. Of course it is. And I'm not saying that Russia is some um you know, a country that's without fault or that what they're doing is, um, you know, okay or something. But th- you have to realize, too, that in the Ukraine, this regime that's running thing, the, this Zelensky guy, let's get into him, actually. So there's the guy in charge of Ukraine. His name is Zelensky. And he's a former comedian and actor. And the way he rose to fame in Ukraine to be able to get elected was he was this actor on this show called Servant of the People. And it was a big show in Ukraine. And it was like a comedy show. And it was about this guy who was a teacher. And he goes on this rant about the how corrupt the Ukrainian government is. And uh, some kid in the class is recording it on his phone. And then it ends up going viral. And then they start like a GoFundMe for him uh, to have this guy run for the president of Ukraine. And this is in the TV show. And then he becomes president in the TV show and everything is great. And this is basically how this guy became famous in Ukraine and then switched over to uh, like these political aspirations. Now, this what's interesting is that this show was funded by a guy. It was like one. I think it's one plus one media group is who created this show. And the majority shareholder in this this media group who was behind this show servant of the people is this guy named Kolomoisky Kolomoisky and he's one of the richest people in Ukraine he's a billionaire and he has a lot of influence over Ukrainian politics but he can't he can't like run for office himself because he's been caught up in a bunch of scandals and this guy's like a gangster fucking i don't know he doesn't he doesn't uh, he Fights dirty, I guess you could say. He's a fucking corrupt billionaire dude who who just wants power. So it's amazing how how he he um, was able to rig this up. He creates this show, Servant of the People, puts Zelensky in it. I'm talking about Kolomoisky, the billionaire Ukrainian dude. And basically now he's using Zelensky as his puppet. And even beyond that, I would say even these people are are working for higher powers above them. But uh, it, it's it's pretty amazing that this is how this guy came to power was through this show where he played the president of Ukraine and then he went on to actually become the president because of the role he played in this show. And so it's kind of funny just to see that that's the way it went. And uh, you do have this guy behind the scenes, behind the scenes named Kolomoisky, 
who is uh, this gangster dude who's really calling the shots, and this Zelensky guy is just a puppet. And of course, the media portrays him as some amazing leader, and he's so brave, and he's so awesome. And then you also have, like, I don't know, some boxers and stuff, like, uh, what the fuck is his name? I think Vladimir Klitschko is a former heavyweight champion. He's the mayor of Kiev, which is kind of crazy. And then there's this other guy. Ah, man, how do I forget his name? Triple, no, not Triple G. Ah, some boxer dude. He's he's pretty good. And then he famously went back to Ukraine to, like, fight for his country and stuff. And that's all very brave and very, um, you know, good for them. And it's all propaganda campaigns at the end of the day. And uh, like I said, it's just funny how the West will emphasize certain stories. And you also saw it with this story of the ghost of Kiev. And this person was supposedly some Ukrainian fighter jet pilot who was just shooting down Russian jets left and right. And he shot down like 20 of them. And then it came out that it's all just lies. and None of it was true. And you're seeing a lot of this with uh, this conflict. Because they're trying to create this this um, narrative behind it that isn't actually happening. And uh, there's talk of false flags happening, like the Ukrainian government blowing up their own buildings in um, residential types of areas and, and killing innocent people and trying to blame it on the Russians uh, to try to get Western sympathy so that we'll go to, over there and, and back them up and stuff and fight Russia for them. Because there's no way that Ukraine can beat Russia. It's just impossible. Absolutely impossible. It's never going to happen. Um, so the only way they have a chance is for the West to come in and, and support them. And then that'll be World War III. Like, that's that's absolutely terrible. So we should just stay out of it, in my opinion. Yeah, war sucks. It sucks that it fucking happens. It's happening all over the world, though. And why is this one any more significant than what's happening in Palestine or what's happening in Somalia or Syria or fucking any number of places across Africa or the Middle East or even South America, you know? But um, this is obviously a big political thing. And you could also get into the Biden administration and their connections to Russia. Like famously, you have Hunter Biden who's like has all these dealings with Russia. It's very corrupt and and just stinks and fucking Russia is also one of the number one places in the world for human sex trafficking like the 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 government of oh did I say Russia I meant Ukraine uh the government of Ukraine is incredibly corrupt like these are bad guys they they really are I'm sure that the average people in Ukraine are just normal like like you and me and same within Russia but the government of Ukraine is bad dude and it makes sense that they would have uh, such close ties with American politicians and, and be corrupt like that because they're right on the doorstep of Russia. So you would have all these American intelligence people setting up in Ukraine and trying to establish ties there and doing all that type of shit. So uh, actually, you know, what? I'm going to play a song. We'll come back to this. Check it out. I'm What's sick. Matter, I'm sick. Well, I'm sick. I didn't get you down that. You're sick. I'm sick. You're sick. I'm then you sick. caught it. Well, you must know who it is who's sick. 
As my verse disperses the worst curses A person hurts worse than the first virgin's privacy purse bursting I walk around the underground as a powerful thunder sound Wearing the low down, profound, lyrical wonder crown Advanced listening, wrestling with pressure expressions And stepping in as a special specimen, fresher than freshmen Obvious overdosage, coasted it over oceans With explosive posters, flyer than your promotional posters Skillfully killing, willfully drilling, syllable spilling Feeling really upsettable, biting is edible stealing Walking around the planet, rocking the ground like granite Cocking my sound cannon and stopping the sound famine Deliberate, inconsiderate, adequate benefits Belligerent, spitting shit like laxative excrement Dove in a frozen ocean, fell low below boasting The one chosen who rose, exposing the flow erosion So nice that it's nasty, so banging it's busting So sweet that it's sick, so dope it's disgusting So nice that it's nasty, so banging it's busting So sweet that it's sick, so dope it's disgusting So nice that it's nasty, so banging it's busting So sweet that it's sick, so dope it's disgusting So nice that it's nasty, so banging it's busting So sweet that it's sick, so dope it's disgusting I lead an expedition Envisioning competition in a prison when delivering, withering, rhyme littering, giving and never endeavoring, ever clever. However, bringing it weather together around solo feathers, sicker than liquor and medicine, burning and blistering, leave your lights flickering quicker than strobes you're dripping in. The higher pointed style anointed with ill delivery ointment on point with this like jointed presidential appointments, flashing full fashionable rational lyrical passion glow, bashing skulls burning trash flows to watch ash grow, belittling when little men living in a Try battling, imagining it the hyper than riddling Simply deranged brain, exchange pain for gain Rearrange your frame, the strange plane Patterns when slain Bigger, better, and better than all of your golden cheddar When spreading wind like medicine men with ancient tribal lettering So nice that it's nasty, so banging it's busting So sweet that it's sick, so dope it's disgusting So nice that it's nasty, so banging it's busting So sweet that it's sick, so dope it's disgusting So nice that it's nasty, so banging it's busting So sweet that it's Sick, so dope, it's disgusting. So nice that it's nasty, so banging, it's busting. So sweet that it's sick, so dope, it's disgusting. Sick, sick, so sick. I'm sick, sick, so sick. So sick. Ah, uh, yeah. An underground classic, if you will. It's March 10th, 2022. COVID has disappeared thanks to Vladimir Putin invading Ukraine. And uh, now we're dealing with the repercussions of that. Uh, Brave President Brandon has decided to put sanctions on Russia. And what does this mean for the United States and Europe in general and probably the rest of the world? Well, it doesn't mean anything good because it's like a third of all wheat and barley comes from Russia, and you might say, oh, well, I don't even eat bread, but it doesn't fucking matter, man. Like, everything uses that. The whole food market rests upon the prices of these commodities, not to mention oil. You know, we've seen gas prices just go insane lately, and they're going to keep going up. I, I saw something that said, uh, this, I don't know, it was a meme on the internet or whatever, so who knows how um, reliable it is, but... It's this guy and his family own some business where they make the signs for uh, for gas stations. And they said that everyone just ordered four-digit signs. And they, like, ran out of these signs because, you know, usually it's just only a three digits, right? 
gas has never gone up over $10. So now all these gas stations had to order all these new signs because they foresee the price of oil and the price of gas going above $10. Like that's fucking nuts. So this is a direct result of sanctioning Russia. And sanctioning Russia, sanctions in general are so inhumane and such a terrible thing to do because they only affect poor people. They don't affect the rich or the super rich who are really like calling the shots and stuff and actually have influence over their fucking politics and shit. It only affects like the average person suffering and, and living check to check because now they can't afford gas. They can't afford to get to work. They can't afford groceries. They can't afford their rent or whatever. So it's it's a very inhumane way of doing things and American politicians love to slap sanctions on certain countries and it sucks, man. It creates starvation and just all sorts of horrible things. It's very inhumane. Like I would almost argue that it's more humane to fucking go to a country and blow it up than to sanction a country and make all the people starve to death. You know, so... It's fucked up. So now we have these sanctions against Russia where we're not going to do any more business with Russia. And even though we don't get much oil from Russia, we do get some. And that that like outlier country where the, the, they provide a, a little bit of, of what we use, that can really fuck shit up by destroying our business relations with them. Like, this is going to have huge repercussions, and we might actually be getting to that point where food starts to become more scarce. Fuel becomes more scarce, and energy. And this is all stuff that was that was planned well before this ever happened. You know, you got to imagine that the politicians know what's going to happen when they do these types of things. But it, it's just all part of the plan. It's the build back better fucking great reset new world order thing. And maybe COVID wasn't quite uh, getting the job done enough. So now this is like phase two of that. Because you always have to have an excuse. You have to have a scapegoat and somebody to blame for what's happening. And you're seeing it right now with the the rising gas prices, the rising cost in food. They're just going to blame Putin and blame Russia. And never mention the trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars that they just magically injected into the money supply through the quantitative easing that's been happening for the past couple of years. And uh, how that fucks with everything and that how that creates inflation. And like I said, we're just kicking the can down the road. Like a market collapse is inevitable. But they've been prolonging that inevitable event by printing so much money. You see, like, there's no country in the world can can operate the way the United States operates. The only reason that we can be in so so much debt, trillions and trillions of dollars of debt, is because the whole world relies on the U.S. dollar. It's the reserve currency of the world, the petrodollar. So everybody who buys oil across the world has to use the United States dollar. But that all that shit has just changed with sanctions against Russia because now Russia is only going to accept the ruble for their oil. And Russia provides a lot of oil to a lot of people. So this has just changed the fucking global dynamic and, and the power 
distribution of the world, like 100%, everything has just changed. So if Russia, I mean, if the United States dollar is no longer the reserve currency of the world, like we're not going to fucking be living so high on the hog anymore. This is going to change everything. This is going to change our standard of living by a lot. And we're already seeing it with with the gas prices rising so quickly to fucking a dollar like overnight. And uh, they could keep printing money and keep trying to act like this shit isn't happening and keep trying to fool people. But it's inevitable that this is going to happen. And um, yeah, it's like you could look into what the reserve, what it means to be the reserve currency of the world Basically, it means that everybody has to use the dollar because people relied on the dollar being a reputable store of value. But now they've printed so much money and like they've decreased the value of the dollar so much by printing so much money that people are beginning to to second guess whether the dollar is worth anything. And now now that the United States has sanctioned Russia and made it so legally we cannot do business with them, along with a bunch of banks and and like fucking Netflix and Facebook and TikTok or whatever. They're, they've publicly stated that their services will no longer be available in Russia. So if, if we're going to do that to an entire country, like a world power country, for fucking invading this country that when they said they were going to do it, if this country took these actions and they just went along with what they said... They did it as humanely as possible. And like I said, I'm not trying to fucking make excuses for Russia. War is fucked up. It sucks when people die. But we knew this was gonna we knew it was gonna happen and we provoked it and we allowed it to happen. And uh so if if we could just sanction a country all fucking willy-nilly and making it so nobody can do business with them and just fuck up their shit that much, just you know, with the snap of a finger then what does that say to other countries? They're going to be like, well, fuck. You know, I don't know if I want to do business with America anymore because, you know, what if I do something and they just all of a sudden fucking cut me off? And now (laughs) we have trillions of dollars worth of business that we can no longer do. So now we're fucked. So other countries have to be thinking that. So why would they continue to use the United States dollar when at any moment... the U.S. could just cut off all ties with them and sanction them and, like, royally fuck them over like we just did to Russia. You see, this is, um, this is a big deal. And I don't know how many, like, news outlets are actually talking about this, but it's, um, it's gonna have big repercussions. And I don't want to be, like, I don't mean to sound like an alarmist or something that you gotta fucking head for the hills or something, but you, you should be prepared. At least, um, because who knows what could happen. Like, things are going to get hard, I think. I think we've had it good for a long time. And now shit's about to get real, dude. Like, the um, events that are taking place around the world are are really concerning. And um, I'm not so much concerned with, like, the threat of a possible war with Russia or like nuclear war or something like that, like a city being blown up and radiation and things like that. Maybe, maybe that could happen, but I'm more concerned with just the economic repercussions of, of all these events. 
like the dollar no longer being the reserve currency, that's a big deal. And like the markets crashing and like another recession type event or another event like the depression where like you have to have a wheelbarrow full of fucking cash to get a loaf of bread. Like that would be crazy (laughs) because we're not prepared for that. Most people, they don't know how to like grow food. They don't have animals. They don't know how to do any of that shit. We're completely reliant on this system and if it were to collapse tomorrow, we would be so fucked. Like, it's amazing. And most people don't even have, like, nothing stored up. They don't got no food. They don't got no water. No fucking blankets or whatever. Like, what if the heat went out? What if the fucking water got turned off? What if the electricity went out? What if the supply chain was completely destroyed? What are you, what, what would you do? And I think some people are starting to to actually ask themselves this question because... This threat that we used to laugh at not too long ago, and there were all these shows, Doomsday Preppers and all this shit. You know, we used to laugh at these people and think they were nut jobs, but this is kind of, shit's kind of getting real where where this could actually happen. And we saw a glimpse of it with COVID. You know, you had to run on the stores with the fucking toilet paper and whatnot. And, uh... Yeah, man, it's just very, very strange. So these sanctions on Russia, they're not going to have any positive effects on our country. And they're not going to win the war for Ukraine. That's not going to do anything. It's fucking ridiculous. All it is is a terrible business move by our fucking idiot president. But like I said, nothing they do is for our benefit. Like, literally anybody in the world could fucking do a better job than what our president is doing. It's it's amazing how terrible he is at his job. And that like 80-something million people voted for this guy. Like, are you kidding me? And it's it's hilarious too. You know, it's just sad actually that people were so passionate about their hatred for Donald Trump and, uh, you know, what a terrible person he was and how we needed to get rid of him and then, they were all totally behind Joe Biden and he was going to fix everything and make the world a better place. And then like, dude, look where we're at. <laughs> like everything is way fucking worse. This guy is terrible. Not that fucking Donald Trump was great. And I think he was all controlled by the system too, but fuck man, gas was under two bucks a gallon for, for a little point there. Now it's, like I said, it's approaching $10. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And of course you have these, these people are all silent now, you know, it's like a lot of people won't admit that they had been duped and that they had been tricked into um, believing this guy. So it's just sad, man. It's sad how easily people are manipulated and like made to follow these people who just do not care about you. They don't have your best interests at heart. They fucking dangle this free money in front of you. These, these free incentives and, and all this stuff, and uh, they get you to vote for them, and then they fuck you over. And then you pay for it a hundred times because all that money has to come from somewhere, and they just print it out of thin air, and that's the reason why everything is more expensive now because they've decreased the value of the dollar. And this has been happening for a long time, but in in the past couple of years, it's like something like 80% of all U.S. dollars in circulation were created within like the past couple years. That's amazing. And to think that that isn't going to have an effect on the price of goods is just, 
retarded. You're an idiot if you don't fucking realize that. Ah, but most people are, aren't they? Luckily, we got some cool music that can help you fucking understand how to survive. Let's listen to some Ill Bill, How to Survive Apocalypse. Is this going to hit us? We're efforting that as we speak, sir. What kind of damage are we? Damage? Total, sir. It's what we call a global killer. The end of mankind. Doesn't matter where it hits. Nothing would survive, not even bacteria. My God. What do we do? Survive the Apocalypse, produced by Psycho Les from the album Grimy Awards. Probably my favorite Ill Bill album. It's like all kinds of really dope features, and the production's crazy. And uh, yeah, I work with great producers and, and DJs and rappers and stuff. Uh, big fan of Ill Bill, big influence on me. And uh, the way I do shit, 
I am working on a new album. Um, I'm not sure when it's going to come out. Yeah, but yeah, it should be cool, dude. It's all uh, with the same producer, Hoot the Owl. So it's going to be cohesive and like uh, have the same vibe throughout. I'm pretty excited for it. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's cool. Not sure what it's called. Not sure how many songs it's going to be. Not sure about anything, but it's going to happen eventually. Uh, anyway, so we are talking about Russia and what these, you know, the effects of what's happening in Ukraine and uh, how this is going to translate to our own day-to-day lives and, and things like that. And it is uh, quite concerning. Like, for example, I'm in sales right now and I'm selling fucking like motorhomes and trailers and shit. And if gas is $10 an hour, how many people are going to be out doing that kind of stuff? Like, that's how many people are going to afford that? Because a lot of people, as it is, they can barely afford them anyway. So how can they afford to do like anything now? You know, so this is, um, it's interesting to think about. It's, it's concerning for sure. And you kind of want to um, take a look at your own life and, and what you're spending money on and, um, you know, start to reanalyze maybe uh, how you distribute your funds and things like that. Like, do you really need that new car? Do you really want that $800 car payment just to show off for people you don't even know and like don't even care about? Because if somebody is like, if somebody doesn't fuck with you because you don't have a cool car, like, do you really want to be friends with that person? Things like that, you know. It's not it's not hard to look nice on a budget. You know, you could still do it. I see a lot of people do. You could fucking shop at Walmart and still look just as sexy as the girl in the Louis Vuitton stuff and all that. So these um these consumer things that we've been taught to to place so much value on, it's all just bullshit. And I think in these coming years, what what's coming down the pike, I think we're going to come to that conclusion like very quickly things are going to become very real because it was only recently within the last i don't know like 50 to 100 years even less than that where people were like the corporations really took over the world to such an extent and really mastered marketing and like the manipulation of people on a massive scale to get them to buy their products like it was only it was pretty recent that we underwent that phenomenon. It, it involved pop culture and TV and radio and music and the internet um, to where like everyone's always flexing on each other and trying to like show off and shit with their clothes and their like toys. And then we get ourselves into debt and we have payments for like furniture, <laughs> just like crazy shit. It's like, damn, bro, you got a bed payment. That's crazy. Um, not to mention your car payment and, you know, insurance and, and groceries and dental. And I don't know, some people are financing their fridge and their washing machine and their dryer and their fucking dishwasher and their TV. And who knows, you know, a lot of people got payments on everything because people want the fanciest shit. They buy things they can't afford and they go into debt. Um, yeah, it's, it's money's always been a, a weird thing to me. Um, but I think we're going to come to a point where we're going, we're going to have to really ask ourselves 
or just come to the realization of what does and doesn't matter. Like, you need food, water, and shelter, and, like, friends and family. That's basically it. All the other stuff is just extra, you know? And, um, dude, it'll, it'll just be crazy to have this, our society, like, America, the most prosperous society to ever live, to ever exist on the face of this earth, the most prosperous civilization ever, to be witnessing and living through the collapse of that is fucking nuts. <laughs> it's going to be crazy, dude, to say the least. Um, So, you know, it is what it is, man. Maybe we need a fucking cleansing of the earth, you know? Maybe God is watching us. He's like, man, these guys are blowing it, man. I gave them all this cool shit, and they're just being assholes. <laughs> you know, like, I will never fucking refute that possibility that somebody's watching or something, and they're just like, okay, guys, you better turn, turn your shit around, or, like, I'm going to show you what's up. Maybe that's happening, man. I don't know. Got to get your affairs in order, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So are you a prepper? You prepping? You got a garden going yet this year? You know, you're going to plant some spinach or something, some beans, some potatoes. It's not a bad idea to start looking into that type of stuff. Because like I, like I was saying before about um, what a big part of uh, the global commodities market Russia is, like they they sell a lot of wheat. And wheat is like the the fucking, what all food relies on. Everything, like, goes by that. Um, So if we cut off a third of the global wheat supply and we're, like, no longer able to access that, and oil as well, like, what's that going to do to the price of our goods and the price of our food and oil and energy? It's going to increase the cost of it because it's going to become more scarce. You just took a third of it off the table. It's no longer accessible. So, like... And in addition to that, like I was saying, with the inflation, the dollar becoming worth less day after day, like, dude, shit could get pretty fucking crazy any day. And it would just take whatever type of event to do it, whether it's a solar flare where all of a sudden the internet doesn't work anymore, our electronics don't work anymore, there's no electricity whatever, dude, it could be fucking anything. A a false flag attack, you know, something similar to what happened on 9-11. Like, they got that shit up their sleeve. They, You don't think they'll do that type of thing again? Maybe some um, type of, you know, natural weather event. Natural in quotations, because they can control the weather and they could do all these things scientifically now. Like what we're seeing in Australia, apparently there's a massive hurricane down there or some sort of... um, weather event, I don't know if it was a hurricane, but it's flooding like crazy, and I guarantee you, all that shit was, they sprayed the fuck out of the sky before that happened, I guarantee it, dude, because that's every storm, it's amazing, it's amazing just how, how every aspect of our existence is controlled and manipulated on some level by, by these controllers, and the, the thing that's more amazing than that is how nobody notices. And, like, you mention it, and you're fucking looked at like an insane person. And, like, p- people just cannot process that. Uh, but 
that's what I'm saying. Like maybe, you know, maybe we're due for something like this. Maybe we're due for a reset. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's not a bad idea to stock up on some kind of food. Like at least have a, like a week's worth of something to eat because what if something happens, man? And I'm not like a fucking super, um, I don't know, somebody that worries about stuff a lot, but I am pretty prag- pragmatic and practical. And throughout history, there have been events where things have happened and people have starved, <laughs> you know? Um, people are fighting over food. Like, it's not a bad idea to have some guns, some ammo, some water, like a giant bag of rice, like a 50-pound bag of rice, like some giant bag of beans. They got protein in beans. And like some flour. And those are like bare essentials. You could also get into like, I don't know, simple things like candles, blankets. Little things like that, man. Because you don't think about that stuff until you need it. And then once you need it, it's too late. And people like to bag on the the preppers or whatever. But, you know, until you need them. And then what are you going to do? Then you're an idiot. And that person's hella smart. Or they just, you know, spent their whole life digging this bunker and uh, setting it all up and then they never get to use it. Just to have some, like, some kid walk up and shoot him and steal it all. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, who knows? A lot of weird stuff has been happening, though. It just seems like uh, things have really gone into overdrive and we're witnessing... um just the just society changing quite a bit and another thing too like I've talked about crypto and stuff on this podcast before so just to to quickly get into that if things were to go where they look like they're heading where um you know shit gets pretty real how is this internet money going to be worth anything? It's like totally fake fucking bullshit. Really? I mean, it's cool. It's, it's cool when it's worth something, when it's going up, it's awesome. And you're like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm making hell of money. But, uh, at the end of the day, you know, if we're in some survival situation where people are struggling to get food and stuff and the dollar isn't worth anything, you really think Bitcoin's going to be worth anything or Ethereum or, um, any number of these things like, it has no real life purpose or value. So I don't know. That's um something to consider. Like if you're ahead, not a bad time to take some profits and buy something real. And uh, a lot of people will talk about silver, silver and gold. And I've heard it said that the, the prices of these, these metals are being manipulated artificially like the price of silver has remained stagnant for like 20 years or something like that, or like 50 years. It's some crazy amount of time. And it's like, how is that even possible? And it's it's because the market is being manipulated in some way. So once the lid blows off of that, silver could go nuts. Like look up the silver squeeze and uh, read about that because it, it talks all about how, you know, some of these precious metals are just being like kept artificially low and then one day they're just going to explode. And of course people have been talking about that for a long time, but you know, it's got to happen eventually. Right. Uh, 
So it just seems like real world, tangible, physical assets will be more valuable than um, fake internet money or like NFTs or something. Don't get me wrong, man. I fucking spent a lot of money on those fuckers. I made a lot of money too, and I lost a lot of money because I got greedy. I didn't sell it when I should have. Yeah, but you live and you learn, don't you? I don't know. I just don't see if the market crashes, like crypto is already so volatile. And whatever the traditional market does, crypto does it like times 10. So when it's going up, it's awesome because crypto goes nuts and fucking you make a lot of money. But when it goes down and like when the traditional market goes down, the cryptocurrency follows suit and it just it crashes way harder. So just something to be um, conscious of, you know, the grand scheme of things and where we are at uh, in society like I said, I'm not trying to scare you and make it seem like everything's fucking doom and gloom. But then again, I'm not going to like sugarcoat what's happening in the world because things are crazy, dude. Pretty nuts, pretty nuts. Um, Let's look it up. See gas prices today. Gas prices are high and up another seven cents nationwide. Here is the average price in each state. Uh, the cost for a gallon of gas in the U.S. reached all-time highs. National average jumped nearly seven cents Thursday morning. The nationwide average for a regular gas is four thirty-two a gallon. Damn. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a lot. And you know, if the closer you get to the coast, the more it is. In California, it's nuts. Yeah, highest gas prices are in California. Over six bucks a gallon for diesel, about five sixty nine, and it depends where you're at. If you're out in the sticks or whatever, and it's the only gas, they charge as much as they want. You know, it wasn't long ago when uh, <laughs> I remember people pulling over at this gas station to take pictures of the sign because gas was a dollar ninety nine. This was probably like 2018, 2019, during the fucking Orange Man Bad era. It's just amazing, man. That shit where um, <laughs> how people like, ah, oh, dude, how stoked they were on Biden. And then to see where we're at right now, it's amazing, dude. It's like, where are all these people? Did they ever exist? I don't, I don't think there were that many 80-something million people really voted for Joe Biden. There's no way, dude. He was so bad. Such a douche. Ah, but what choice do we have, right? Coke or Pepsi? Which do you want? You want Coke or do you want Pepsi? All right, let's see if we got any uh, interesting alternative news, right? Is that why you tune in? I'm not going to read you the mainstream shit. Uh, oh, this was a big thing too. I didn't even um, mention this, but a majority of the world's fertilizer comes from Russia. So that's another thing about the sanctions is like, we sanctioned Russia. How the fuck are we going to grow our food? That's that's one of the reasons, too. Like, I just went out and bought hella food. I spent, like, I mean, not like a, a truckload, but I spent a couple hundred bucks on a, a giant bag of rice, giant bag of beans, and, like, flour. I mean, it's nothing fancy. I'd like to get some canned goods eventually. 
Um, but you know, we have to acknowledge the situation for what it is. We're we are already in World War Three. It's just it's it's an economic war. It's not like a traditional kinetic war where things are being blown up and people are being shot and stuff. In some parts of the world it is, but we're experiencing an economic war. So we have this headline here. It says, Russia, uh-oh, just got some too short coming in. What up? <laughs> You're not going to hear that in the final cut. Sorry, adjustments, adjustments. So this headline says, Russia to ban fertilizer exports to not friendly countries. China warns U.S. against retaliation. So this is important. This is something to pay attention to. This is a relatively short article. I know it's not fun to hear me just read. Um, But I want you to know about this. So it says, Russia's war on Ukraine is continuing to boost food prices. While the U.S. and European countries are engaged in economic warfare against Moscow, it appears Russia's turn to strike back has emerged. On Thursday, Russian Minister of Industry and Trade, Denis Montorov, said Russia decided to suspend fertilizer exports. This comes when global food prices are at record highs and European fertilizer makers are struggling to produce nutrients ahead of the spring growing season, increasing global food inflation risks. President Vladimir Putin said the fertilizer export ban was a move to ensure stable domestic food prices. This is another sign of growing protectionism worldwide as countries grapple with soaring food prices. Putin said fertilizer markets are deteriorating, making food a lot more expensive. Notably, Putin added that Russia has agreements with friendly countries on fertilizers. Making matters worse, Interfax, an independent Russian news agency, reported earlier that Moscow is considering retaliatory retaliatory economic measures to ban exports of certain agricultural products to countries outside the Eurasian Economic Union. Interfax said Moscow could temporarily ban grain exports to the Eurasian Economic Union and ban sugar exports beyond the EEU. This may result in declining food supplies for those countries and soaring food costs. So, um, geez, that's not good, man. Russia makes a lot of shit, and if they decide that they're not going to do business with anyone, then you have all of these other countries competing for the same amount of resources, and it just makes things go nuts. Hmm. Okay, possible Russian retaliatory measures follow a series of Western sanctions on Russia, which have collapsed the ruble, locked the central bank out of a large chunk of its foreign currency savings, and crushed its ability to trade with the outside world by removing certain Russian banks from SWIFT. Now, SWIFT is this, um, I'm not exactly sure what the fuck it is, honestly, but it's uh, some financial thing that all the countries depend on, apparently, and they... Knocked Russia out of it, so that's not good. Uh, Russian President Putin has been quoted well before the invasion of Ukraine of the need to strengthen an emerging multipolar world order. He said, It is important to maintain and boost mutually respectful, constructive, and effective cooperation globally, as well as to strengthen the emerging multipolar world order that consists of independent centers of economic growth and political influence, which certainly influences BRICS or includes BRICS. Uh, it's 
early to declare if Western sanctions will paralyze Russia, but what appears to be happening is that the global economy is becoming more fractured than ever as a great power struggle between the West and East flourishes. So I'll post a link to that if you're interested in learning more about that. It's just it's crazy. I mean, it's kind of what I was mentioning before. That, um, man, just these, uh, it just seems it's all by design, you know, and we've been talking about this for a long time, or at least I have, that oh, a lot of people have, that the possibility of this happening soon, you know, if this, if this supply chain gets messed up, it's so fragile and we're so interdependent on a worldwide scale that, you know, what, what will happen if if the food trucks just stop showing up at the store, you know, like that would be bad. (laughs) Nobody's growing food. Nobody has a fucking stash of steak. I don't fucking know. I'll briefly read from this article. Uh, It says world war three has already started and it's an economic war. In an article I published in April of 2018 titled World War III Will Be an Economic War, I outlined a number of factors that portend a large-scale conflict between East and West and why this war would be mainly economic in nature. I investigated how this conflict would actually benefit globalists and globalist institutions seeking to bring down multiple nations' economies while hiding the engineered crisis behind a wall of geopolitical chaos and noise. Hello, hello. I'm making sure my mic's still working. Uh, the goal to convince the masses that national sovereignty is a plague that only leads to mass death, and that the solution is a one-world system, conveniently managed by the globalists, of course. That is to say, more centralization is always offered as the solution to every problem. Furthermore, the war itself acts as a cover for the inflationary collapse that our central bank and government has created. We are already seeing fraud propagandists like the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki attempting to mislead the public into believing all our current inflation problems stem from the Ukraine war. This claim requires some impressive mental gymnastics and an epic level of ignorance, but Psaki seems to have no shame about her role as a soulless Goebbels-like figure. One issue which I used to get a lot of arguments over was the idea that countries like Russia and China would end up so closely aligned. People claim that people claim there were too many disparities and that the countries would ultimately turn on each other in the middle of a financial crisis. Well, four years later, and now we're going to see if it's true or not, and so far it looks like I was correct. My position has long been that certain nations have been preparing for a collapse of the U.S. dollar as a world reserve currency. Hey, that's what I was talking about. And what that means is the primary currency used in a, major, in a majority of trade around the world. My belief is that America's top economic position is actually an incredible weakness. The dollar's hegemony, hegemony, hegemony? The dollar's, hege, the dollar's hegemony is not a strength but an Achilles heel. If the dollar was to, if the dollar was to lose reserve status, the whole of the U.S. economy and parts of the global economy would implode leaving behind only those who prepared, those who saw the writing on the wall and planned ahead. The Dollar Crash Coalition. There's four nations that have been actively positioning for the crash of the dollar, and they include Russia, China, India, and Brazil. Five if you count the limited involvement of South Africa. These countries are also known as the BRICS. The BRICS are rarely mentioned in the mainstream media anymore, but there was a time around a decade ago when they were discussed regularly. 
My fascination with the BRICS back then was primarily due to their odd trade behaviors, specifically their bilateral agreements which cut out the dollar as the reserve currency, and the fact that they were stockpiling tons upon tons of gold. It was as if they had some kind of inside information that an economic conflict or disaster was coming, and they were getting ready to decouple from the dollar and the global supply chain. Today, as the Ukraine war rages, there is constant hype about the Union of Nations opposed to Russia's invasion to the point that the narrative has become bizarre. There is an incredible level of cultism in the mainstream media right now emerging, encouraging a mindless mob response. They have been trying to drum up something very similar to a behavioral vortex that many of us in conservative circles have seen a thousand times in the past years. Western media is weaponizing cancel culture against Russia. So they're canceling Russia. Uh, It's not just a general admonition of the Kremlin or of Putin, which would be normal. Rather, it's an outright dismissal of anything remotely related to Russia, from bar-owning dummies throwing away all their vodka, even though most of it isn't even in Russia or made in Russia, to the International Cat Federation banning certain cats from competition because they're Russian-bred. That's fucking nuts. Uh, This is pure childish insanity, but again, we've seen this before with cancel culture in the U.S. The thinking is utterly collectivist and goes a little something like this. We shall shun them from their hive and isolate them. We will erase their existence and rewrite their identity and history. Then we will punish them by taking away their ability to survive economically until they submit and conform to the directives of the gatekeepers who shall remain nameless. That said, as most conservatives know, cancel culture is a failed strategy. Despite the international push to cancel Russia and media claims that Russia is now completely isolated and alone, the narrative is apparently designed more to con the masses, not to intimidate the Kremlin. They are, in fact, not isolated at all. And guess which countries are staunchly refusing to support actions and sanctions against the Ukraine invasion? That's right, other members of the BRICS. China has outright refused to accommodate any sanctions and is directly working with Russia to alleviate trade issues. As I pointed out for 10 years, they've been preparing for this moment. Hell, if the rest of the world doesn't want Russian experts in oil, China will certainly buy them. India is eerily silent on Ukraine despite endless pressure from the U.S. Both Brazil and South Africa have taken neutral stances on Ukraine and continued to trade with Russia. It would appear that the cancellation of Russia has already failed before it really began. The false narrative only serves a purpose in that it gives the Western public two false impressions. Number one, it makes the people think that cancel culture on an international scale is working and that Russia will soon fold when the opposite is true. And number two, it tricks people into thinking that all the risk is on the Russian side, when in reality, most of the risk is on the Western side. This will make the inevitable economic disaster all the more frightening when it occurs. Uh, Personally, I don't have any affinity for either side in the Ukraine conflict. I feel empathy for the Ukrainian people, but certainly not the Ukrainian government and their globalist partners. I also have no love for Putin and his many friends in the globalist World Economic Forum. Because Putin is part of the World Economic Forum. That's why I say this is all a grand scheme. It's all part of the plan, you know. It's all just theatrics. Um, That said, even if you think one side's right and the other's wrong, one cannot deny that the cancel culture mentality of the West is going to lead to an epic disaster. What people don't seem to understand is that this calamity will hurt the U.S. and Europe just as much as it hurts Russia, if not more so. Okay, blah, blah, blah. And it continues and it continues. I'll leave a link to this as well. So... Eh, basically, 
what I was just talking about in uh, in more words. <laughs> so, you know, it's no secret what's happening. It's pretty obvious. And I guess the question is, are you prepared? What can you do? And uh, what will it be like? You know, we have this whole generation of people who's just, who are just so shallow and so concerned with the physical and appearances and, um, you know, these, these consumer, these brainwashed consumers who really, you know, it's like they don't even have opinions on anything. They don't think about anything but themselves and how they look. And, uh, you know, their whole life is, is centered around how they're going to be entertained that day. And uh, how much longer can that possibly last for a society and for a civilization when the bulk of your citizenry is, like, strictly concerned with fucking, you know, being entertained and how they look and just all these shallow, you know, the most shallow aspects of humanity is, is our primary concern in life for most people. So how can we thrive much longer, especially as a world power, but just as a as a society in general? How long could that possibly last? And I think we're on the tail end of that shit. So with that, I'm going to say peace out. Thanks a lot for listening. Hope you uh, picked up some sort of some valuable information in this. I tried my best. Just kidding. Thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for rocking with me. Hope you guys, uh, hope you have a great day. Thanks a lot for listening. Peace out. To get pussy when you want and how you want it, fool Cause I was fucking ugly hoes back in high school I used to fuck young assholes Used to be broke and didn't have no clothes Now I fuck top-notch bitches Tell a story about rags to riches About a pimp named Shorty from the Oakland set Been macking for years and ain't fell off yet So if you ever see me rolling in my drop-top caddy Throw a peace sign and say, hey, pimp daddy Cause I never would front on my folks I slow down and let the gold diggers count my spokes Bitches come a dime a dozen So don't get mad when I fuck your cousin Your two sisters, I even fuck your ex bitch Show dog in the house with some player shit
and I'm playing just to play. Fake players, peep game for the real. Player hating lover, tell me how do you feel? When you front to the homies, how you grinding? Look for a trap, but you can't find them. You got one girlfriend and see her every night. Come around the partners, lying about your life. Looked at your watch and said 622. To the house and said, baby, I love you Can't act like a Mac, like Playboy show And the rest of the Macs in the streets of the O Bitch, coming up, we learn how to break these hoes And when you're through getting yours, then you shake these hoes And when you're older, it's nothing but a routine Making G's every day, working blue jeans I know I've seen it before, I see it again Young Tinder saying, short, would you be my man? And I'm playing just to play. 